Good morning. I have this big craving, and it hits me every, every day I take my youngest daughter to school. I have to drive all the way downtown, and this craving hits me. When I first wake up in the morning, I'm feeling it in my stomach, like it's just hitting. I know it's coming, and this big craving, and I'm driving the car all the way downtown, and, and, and the wheel almost gets out of my control because I pass this place called Krispy Kreme. And they have this donut, a glazed blueberry cake donut. Anybody? Man, those are good. I think you can only get them there at the store. I mean, Krispy Kreme. It, it comes from the Latin, Crispus Cremus. And it means, it means a little bit of heaven in your mouth. When my wife and I were expecting our first child, she began to experience these cravings all of a sudden. And she had never liked McDonald's cheeseburgers. But all of a sudden, I found myself late at night, early in the morning, whenever, it did not matter, I had to bring home McDonald's plain cheeseburgers, and while you're there, pick up a chocolate milkshake. And then the second child come along, came along, and I remember thinking, I got this down. Cravings, McDonald's cheeseburgers, chocolate milkshake, and she didn't want that. It was tombstone frozen pizza. So then I had to change my whole way of thinking about things. Sometimes in the morning when I get up, the first thing I think about is what many of you think about, and that is caffeine. I choose to get mine through Diet Coke. You might choose to get yours through a hot beverage, but however it comes, it does not matter. Many of us crave caffeine. A craving is just this. Craving means to long for, to want greatly, to desire eagerly. What do you crave? We all crave something. In fact, we, we all crave something that goes way beyond food and drink. We all crave something that, that goes to the very depths of our soul. And throughout the next several weeks, I'm going to be talking about these soul cravings. Not too long ago, a group of researchers got some people in a room who were all over 90 years old. They got them in a room and they began to ask them questions. And one of the big questions they asked was, if you could hit the rewind button and go all the way back through life and start over again, what would you do differently? What, what would you do? What would, what would be different if, if you could do that? And they had a bunch of different questions, I mean, a bunch of different answers that came back. And the one that was above all the other ones was this. If I could go back in, in time and live my life over again, I would invest my life in something that would live on after I'm gone. See, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, no matter how young, no matter what color your skin is, or no no matter where you live, no matter where you work, no matter where you go to school, you want to know that your life means something. You want to know at the end of the day, when you look in the mirror, that all the little things you've done add up to make a difference in the world. One author calls soul cravings the fingerprint of God on our very soul. See, the cravings that are in you, the ones that something physical won't take care of, something temporary won't take care of, those cravings that make you say, is there more to life or what is life all about, those cravings were put there for a purpose. In fact, if you're taking notes, write this down. My soul cravings are designed by God to lead me to Him. 
Now, sometimes we try to satisfy them with other things, that, and that may help for a while. It may help for a while to try to satisfy that inner craving with something else, but eventually we end up back in front of the bathroom mirror saying, is this all life is about? Is there, is there more? Can I feel deeper? Can I get deeper emotionally? Can I experience deeper relationships? Is, that, is this it? You know, it's nothing new for humans to want to know their purpose, for humans to want to have meaning, for humans to have this craving inside of them that can only be quenched by one thing. About 3,000 years ago, there was a king who lived. You could read about him in the Old Testament. His name was King Solomon. In fact, there's some Bibles coming around right now. The ushers have them. If you don't have a Bible with you today, if you don't have one, if you'd like to have one to keep, just raise your hand and take one. You can read along today or also the Scriptures will be on the screen. At LifePoint, we believe the stories, the words, the principles contained in that book can lead you to a relationship with God. His name was Solomon. And Solomon was a rich guy. Solomon wasn't only rich, Solomon was smart. And it's not often those two things come together, but they did for him. He was rich, and he was smart, and he was popular, and everybody loved Solomon. So wouldn't you think somebody like that, that had everything, a person that God called the wisest man who ever lived, a person who was, was so wise and so influential, when other rich people would come to see him, they would just give him their stuff. They would just say, wow, you're so, here, take my stuff too, oh, wise one. I mean, wouldn't you think somebody like that, that had that much together, would think that life was awesome would think that life was, he was living life the way it was supposed to be. You would think somebody with all of those things would look up at the stars at night and say, thank you, life's great. But he didn't. In fact, listen what the wisest man who ever lived and one of the richest men who ever lived said about life. Everything is meaningless, completely meaningless. And he goes on to call life a chasing after the wind. Now, he was wrong. Everything's not meaningless, and life is not that. But he had this soul desire, this soul craving inside of him that that he tried to satisfy, tried to fulfill so much through all of these things that amounted to a, a sweet donut and, and just lasted for a little bit of time. And he tried to fill his life with that, And it didn't last. And so he declared life to be meaningless because he was looking to satisfy his cravings to things that were never meant to satisfy the craving that God put within us. Much later, about a thousand years after that, Jesus Christ is now on this scene. And Jesus went around Jerusalem and the surrounding areas teaching. He would just, people would gather around him and he would teach. And there's a story in the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament, where this young rich man came up to Jesus because he'd heard Jesus teaching and he was obviously longing for something more. And so he goes up to Jesus thinking, this guy must have an answer. All of these people are following him. All these people are gathering around and listening. So this guy, Jesus, must have the answer. So he goes up to Jesus and in Matthew chapter 19, he says this, what good thing do I need to do to get eternal life. The Bible calls him a rich young man. He he was beginning 
to crave something in the depths of his soul that nothing else in his life was fulfilling. Nothing else in his life was satisfying. Now, in that culture, in that time, there were two types of people. There were rich people and there were poor people. There was nobody in between. And he was one of the rich ones. In fact, he could, he could move up from a one-hump camel to a two-hump camel anytime he wanted to. I mean, he could just swing by the dealership, trade it in, no problem. The guy had friends. The guy had popularity. The guy probably would have gone to church. The guy probably would have even read his Bible, but there was something about life that just wasn't working for him. And like a lot of people, maybe even in this room, he had tried other things to fulfill that soul craving. He had tried... He had tried status, but that left him wanting more. He had tried wealth, but that left him empty. He had even tried religion, but that, that left him unfulfilled. So somewhere in his quest to fill up his soul, he missed it. And as he and Jesus are having this conversation, and, and he's really just saying, Jesus, how do I really quench this desire that's in my soul that nothing else has worked? Tell me what I need to do. And he and Jesus have this conversation, and he ends up saying back to Jesus, I've done all that. When Jesus says, obey me. When Jesus said, trust in the right things. He says, Jesus, I've, I've done that. What, what do I still lack? Because I've put my hope and my trust in all of these other things, and I still feel empty inside. So what he's really asking Jesus is, how do I satisfy this place inside me that I just can't seem to put my finger on? Maybe the same question you've asked yourself. There's something inside and I just can't quite put my finger on it or identify it, but it's unfulfilled. How do I satisfy it? What do I need to do? He was probably thinking, I've bought all this stuff and it wore out. I've tried position and not everybody respected me. I tried religion even. And the very thing that was supposed to lead me toward, toward God makes me feel even further away from God. I just can't seem to get my finger on the problem, Jesus, and I need your help. So when he asked Jesus what he's missing, Jesus responds in Matthew chapter 19, verse 21, and says, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor. You know, treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Based on Jesus' response, there is something that is connected between satisfying your soul craving and following Christ. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm not talking about being a Christian. I'm talking about actively following Christ. And there's a difference. And there's some kind of a connection between those two things. Now, when Jesus said that, that, a word that may have stuck out to you is the word perfect. And you might be thinking, great, I show up at church, get this flyer, get four flyers in the mail, I'll come to this church, and pastor reads this thing, Jesus saying, i got to be perfect. <laughs> can I leave now? Because <laughs> I can't do it. Well, neither can I. The New Testament was originally written down in Greek. And so later on, when it was translated into English, some words translated right on, some words didn't. And this word perfect is not Jesus saying faultless. It's not Jesus saying, if you want to be 
faultless, if you want to be without mistake. That's not even close to what he's saying. He used a word that's pronounced telios, and it just means complete and satisfied. So the translation, 20 centuries later, you can try to satisfy your cravings through a lot of different things, but you'll never be complete until you satisfy the craving that was put there by God himself. And this young guy knew something was missing, that he needed more. But he craved all of these non-fulfilling things. He craved all of these things that are equivalent to a sugar high when you eat a Krispy Kreme donut. You know, for 45 minutes, you're wired. For an hour, you drink that Starbucks, and you are wired, you're productive. But what happens 45 minutes or an hour later? You know, you're back asleep. And that's what this guy was doing spiritually. He was going to things that did feel good, that did make you feel like, wow, man, that's in the driveway. Life is good. You know, that kind of house, life is good. And all of those things will work for a little while. But just like a donut or caffeine only keeps you up for a little while, that's all those things will do. Jesus is not saying don't have stuff. I love stuff. I enjoy my stuff. I enjoy playing with my stuff. I enjoy buying stuff. Jesus is not saying don't have stuff. What he's saying is don't look to that stuff to fill the craving that I put in you for the purpose of leading you back to me. Those things will never do that. Enjoy them. Have fun with them. Live it up. Those won't do it. If you want to be completely fulfilled, then you need to seek to satisfy that craving that you know is there every time you look in the mirror. And that's what Jesus is trying to communicate to this young man. So he stood there, this young man did, right on the edge with the chance to once and for all satisfy this craving that was deep inside of his soul. And he couldn't do it. He found too much happiness in the sugar stuff. He found too much happiness in a caffeinated lifestyle. And he said, I'm going to stick with this because it keeps me happy for a little while. So all the people that were standing around listening to Jesus thought, oh my goodness, that's a good guy. He's loving life. He he goes to church. He reads his Bible. And he's going away sad because he can't join Jesus in what he's doing. And the next obvious question that came from his followers were, if that guy can't get in, if that guy can't be saved, if that guy can't get this eternal life he was asking for, who can? We're all in trouble. And Jesus answered with one short sentence in Matthew 19, verse 26. He said, with people, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So it's the truth that you cannot satisfy the deep craving inside of your soul without God. And that's a different journey for everybody, and it's a long journey for some, a short journey for others. Maybe, maybe yours starts right here. But you will never satisfy what you know needs to be satisfied and complete inside of you unless God is with you on the journey. This young man said, no. King Solomon said, no. You know, I, I crave things. I woke up this morning craving your acceptance. 
I woke up this morning craving that people would like what we do and like me, but then I quickly realized, you know what? <laughs> if, if only one person shows up, I'm a, I would honestly, I, I would have been disappointed, I have to tell you, but, but, but if only one person shows up and they got to hear this, then everything was worth it. Because the acceptance that all the people you see up here crave, we all crave it, we know where to go to get it. And we know where to go, we know where to go to get the belonging that's in our souls. And it's always a path that has God on it. Never anywhere else. Jesus wants our lives, our lives to be teleos, to be complete. That's what he wants for each one of us. In fact, he said, I don't want you to just live life. I've come not just so you can have a life. I've come so you can have a full life, so you can have life in its abundance. I've come so you can live life to the full. That's why Jesus came, so we can all live life to the full. The full life he offered this young man is the same full life he offers you. You may never walk back in the doors of, of this theater at Life Point again. And wherever God leads you, God bless you. But get on the path, wherever that is, that satisfies the craving that God put there to lead you back to Him. And whatever that means for you, find it, get on it, and live on it. There's a lot of things I could have chosen to talk about on the first day in a new place. Launch Sunday. Even as late as the middle of last week, I was thinking, what do I exactly need to say? See, because the truth is, if you were satisfied, you wouldn't be here. If you were satisfied, you'd be golfing or at another church or sleeping or, you know, there's a movie starts here in 45 minutes. I mean, you you would be doing something else. If I were satisfied, I, I wouldn't be here either. But I know there's more, and I think you know there's more. And whether you're here because you got one of those flyers or all four of them or you saw our ad on the screens here when you came to movies or you saw our ice cream truck sitting at Walmart, all the, the ways we advertised, or if somebody just said, hey, come check this out. Whatever reason that you're here, the fact remains something drew you here. And I hope that when you look in the mirror the next time, you get closer to identifying how to, how to satisfy that soul craving that exists in every person. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking more in depth about how to satisfy our soul cravings. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for these stories and this large group of people that came here today to see what this was about. God, if this is the first time and last time that, that somebody's here, Lord, I pray that you just lead every individual in this room to a deeper relationship with you, whether that takes a few days or a few years, Lord. I just pray that you make yourself evident in their life. And God, we thank you for uh, your word. We thank you for this theater. We thank you for this place where we can meet. And God, the greatest thing about our future is that it is not written yet. 
And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.